What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast, episode number 32. My name is Josh Toll, and I am joined by my good friend, Brett Roberts. Hello, Brett. Hello, Josh. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello, HBOT. Welcome to Hapticast. So, Brett, we're inside Haptic HQ. It's another week. That's right. Another podcast. Yep. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm feeling good. I got a nice haircut. I'm feeling fresh. Um, yeah, I see that. Yeah, I feel, I feel, you know, when you get a haircut, especially right now during the pandemic, you know, I don't get them often, even though I live with a hairstylist. Um, mm-hmm. But when I do get them, it makes you, it just feels so good. It's been months, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting a pretty big <laughs> snowstorm outside uh, back home. So, you know, traveling to Haptic uh, HQ was pretty crazy today. But uh, I feel good. Haircut makes me feel real nice and fresh. Yeah, I like it. Um, so quick update for everybody. Uh, our unclaimed baggage video did pretty well. Um, yeah. comparatively, you know, for us, uh, people seem to like it. Uh, so I think we're going to do another one. Uh, well, not, I think I know we're going to do another one. Yeah. Uh, the goods are in route to haptic HQ. Um, we should be recording, you know, that soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there'll be another one on the lookout. So probably not this week, but the following week, um, depending on like shipping and stuff like that. So we'll see, but yeah. So stay tuned for that. We got big things in the works for that one. You thought the first one was a hoot. Wait, see, both of us don't know what either one of us ordered. Uh, but I got, I got some nice goodies for you. Let me just tell you that. Yeah. And like I was saying before we started recording, uh, one of my gifts is going to cause you physical harm. So that's great. Oh, I look forward to that very much. That's right. Yeah. Um, all right. Quick rundown for you all today uh, of the topics. As always, you know, we record them and release them um, as discussion videos. And then in the description of the full podcast, you can click around. So if you already watched the video and you don't want to listen to a topic again, feel free to hop into the comments and look at those timestamps. Today, we're going to be talking about Google Stadia and how Brett and I were correct. Um, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, uh, something about butts. I'm not too sure about some butt stuff uh some, we're doing butt stuff today um overwatch 2 and diablo 4 uh, and activision blizzard being very bad um we're gonna do our second installment of brett and josh's top 50 games of all time doing 40 to 31 today that video did pretty well um, too i just want to point out it did do really well it did do really well uh a segment that i am now looking forward to uh, every week that's right um as we keep going um, and then for Indie Intel this week, we have a little game jam game again called Angerfoot that we're going to be playing through. Uh, takes only a couple minutes. Uh, we're going to talk about that too. So awesome. Stick around. Uh, before we hop into our main topics, Brett, what have you been playing this week? So this week I, you know, played a few games and one of them I'm going to save for last because I want to segue into yours because we were both playing it. Um, but the first game that I want to talk about is Something I don't even know if you knew that I played and I beat is Donut County. Yeah, I I played it on Friday night and so I beat it. I've heard of this game. I did not. You didn't say anything about it. I know. I beat it Friday. I played it and beat it Friday night in one sitting. Yeah, it takes about an hour and a half to two hours to beat. It's very short. Uh, it is on Xbox Game Pass, so you could get it, beat it real quick. Um, it's really fun. It's it's cool. I don't want to give anything away, um, but essentially you play as a hole 
and you swallow things and the hole gets bigger as you swallow more. And then the mm-hmm. bigger your hole is, the more things you can swallow, obviously, like bigger objects. Wow, that sounds that sounds sexual. I like it. Yeah. It's almost like uh, and Steven, our friend Steven pointed this out. It's almost like Katamari where you like, oh, yeah, get bigger and you roll and you you know what I mean? Um, but the mm-hmm. story is very silly and nonsensical and doesn't really matter. Uh, it's just a short puzzle game, basically. And it was a lot of fun. And there's like a boss fight at the end, which was different than all the other gameplay elements, kind of. Um, it was just cute. It had a really nice art style to it, a really nice style in general. Um, and I recommend it. So check that out. And then we played a lot of the new Call of Duty uh, Black Ops Cold War Zombies map, Firebase Z. Now, we had some issues with it. <laughs> Several, several issues and not with the map itself, but with the performance of the game, the game, the game would just crash mm-hmm. on us constantly. Uh, but I did really like the map and I do really like mm-hmm. the map uh, and we might mm-hmm. actually play it tonight after we're done recording, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But what do you think of Firebase Z after playing it a few times? Um, yeah, again, we had issues. I personally, um, listen, you're slick, so I don't think you've even died yet permanently. I haven't on it when playing it. No. Um, which I do just want to say, actually, we've been we've been fucking killing it with getting to high rounds when we play. Yeah. Now, for those of you that, that don't know, we're we're zombies experts, people. We All were. Right? We've, we've. We were zombies. We are zombies. We are zombies experts. Uh, I don't know about that. As far as, <laughs> listen, I know we don't. People are like freaking ridiculous about it, but yeah, we've been w- with zombies since the beginning. All right, yeah. so don't don't come after us. All right, mm-hmm. um, but I had an issue where, um, and our friend Sean had an issue where once you die, you come back, you can't pick up items. Any any items, equipment, upgrade materials, anything like that. Which, especially when as you get to higher rounds, you you basically might as well just not play and give up yeah. because it it makes playing obsolete you can't upgrade your armor you can't upgrade your weapons and after a while if you can't do that then uh, you mean you're basically just fodder for the zombies you're just running around at that point because you can't do damage really so yeah um and in my experience last night specifically when we were playing like I, i was in my own area so i didn't get in anybody else's way and i trained but it took me so long it took me like two clips of my shotgun to kill one zombie. Yeah. And I'm like, this is this is pointless. This is a, a pointless endeavor. Um, but I do enjoy it. And I think I mentioned after the first night when we played, um, we got really far. We did the, you know, the big the big boss thing in it. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, it's way more objective based. And I think uh, it's at least in a while, my favorite zombies map um, that they've done. There's enough mixture of the classic feel, the gameplay loop with also... Um, some more tactical based type of objective stuff, which I like. Um, I agree. Yeah, I enjoy it. I think the one the one thing that I, I don't like about it is the fact that and it's this is just Cold War zombies in general, is that there's no cast of characters for you to like get behind and enjoy. Whereas like at least right. with the old zombies maps, you'd have Nikolai and Tank and uh, Takeo and, and Rick Tovin. They were all riffing on each other and making funny comments as you play. And like they kind of try to do it in this one, but it's just like I mean, you're just playing as the operators, right? So Yeah. Doesn't and they have these new characters that talk to you throughout the experience and I just don't think it lands uh you know. Yeah, I agree with that. 
So I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and then besides that, I've been playing more Hades um, a little bit. Nice. That game is fucking brutal, man. Um, I mean, I literally feel like I'm bashing my face into a wall every time I play that game. Um, it's very hard. And I this is coming from somebody who really likes roguelikes. Not that I don't like this game. It's fantastic. But this is this is one I might have to abandon. Uh, I, I just, it's, it gets to the point where I'm like, I'm not enjoying myself playing it. And I'm just annoyed. Um, and when a game does that, uh, what's the point of me continuing to play? Even if I think it's great, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's no shame um, in, you know, saying a game's good and abandoning it and just, you know, yeah, it's, it's just, just how it is sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then besides that, I'm like maybe like 50 or 60% of the way through control, uh, ultimate edition, which came out this week on plus, yeah. um, that game slaps. <laughs> Uh, nice. I don't know what else to say. It's Remedy. They're one of my favorite studios. Somebody that will pop up on, you know, my game favorite games of all time list. And as I'm playing this, I'm like thinking, I'm gonna need to alter my list again because this this game is um, it's pretty special, in my opinion. Um, and I think there was so much around the game's tech when it came out, which is incredible by the way like that you can pick up and levitate and explode every object and like they're all have particle effects associated with them and it's it's technically quite incredible but the story and the actual like art side of it is insane too the art design is some of the most unique shit i've ever seen like 2001 a space odyssey level like groundbreaking art design in my opinion that's cool. um, with a lot of stuff in the game um and the story as well sam lake is just uh listen i, I could shove his cock down my throat any further i would um that man is a very talented writer um who i've been a huge fan of since alan wake so yeah. that's awesome i actually just um booted on my xbox one for the for, or my xbox series x for the first time in a long time and i had control installed on there from when i i, I still have the original version of it on uh, xbox one yeah and I was like, I don't need this shit no more. And I deleted it because I'm going to play it on the PS5. True. So true. How is the PS5 yeah, well, version? Like, with it's great. So I'm I'm not playing. I'm not playing on the the qual the quality mode or whatever it is with the ray tracing. I'm playing on the performance mode um, with the 60 FPS. Mm -hmm. um, it runs great. Um, even you know you could tell there's some dips in some areas with the frame rate, like when there's a lot of particle effects on screen. Yeah. Um, especially like if they're really close to the camera and the player. Um, it's not like game breaking, but you can tell it tanks a little bit. Um, and as far as the gra graphics mode, it looks nice. It does look really nice, but I can't play games at 30 FPS anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I can't do it. How is the, uh, HD rumble and like the trigger stuff? Is there anything? It's <coughs> a good point. Um, they were very intentional with that. So you feel like the running on different surfaces, which is something that we've seen a lot. Um, your gun, they call it the service weapon that you get has different forms to it. So you switch the type of gun it is based on different forms that you can unlock. And each form is like using a different gun. So like, I don't remember what they're called, but like there's a form that makes it act like an SMG. There's a form that makes it act like a regular pistol. There's a form that makes it act like a sniper rifle, stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, and with those, you can feel different vibrations in the controller and the triggers specifically too. Um, they did some really interesting stuff with the triggers and how the gun morphs and forms around those different types of modes. Yeah. It's it's very cool. 
it's very cool. Interesting. And I think, it, again, we've talked about it before on the channel. It's cool that it's there, right? And I think that a lot of people take it for granted now that are PS5 owners. If that wasn't there, like if I go back and played it like on my Series X or something like that, for example, I'd be like, wow, there's something really cool that's missing here gotcha um that's adding to the experience and it almost becomes you know subliminal kind of like yeah. you don't or passive where you don't notice that it's there but if it wasn't there you would absolutely that's actually one of the reasons why i was kind of disappointed that we aren't or we i am disappointed that we aren't going to be getting the the ps5 version of that game uh, uh -huh. at launch <laughs> Because of the, you know, haptic feedback on the triggers and um, the HD rumble. And I was like, damn, I could have just gotten this game on Xbox because I wouldn't be missing out on much, right? Right. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about a lot of games with, uh, you know, should I get it on this or should I get it on that? In terms of Xbox or PlayStation, I'm more tempted to get things on the PlayStation now, even though the Xbox might run better, which might not even be true anymore. But um, just yeah. because of that HD rumble and those trigger, you know, that's like, it's just such a cool thing that PlayStation added that no one really expected. And I think it really takes the game to the next level when they have that. So I 100% agree. All right. Anything else you've been playing? Okay. Is that it? No, I think that's it. All right. Yeah. All right, Brett, our main topics for the day. Shall we? Let's do Begin? it. Begin? Let's do it. So... Brett, Google Stadia. When we're right, we're right, folks. I mean, I, I take no uh, pleasure in saying that in this case uh, because there's some awesome people that are impacted by it, specifically on the dev side. But I uh, hate to say we told you so, but uh, Stadia sucks, folks. It failed. And I know nobody saw that coming. I know it's completely insane that a big corporate disgusting media corporation that focuses themselves on social media failed um to create an artistic studio to develop games i know it's wild Crazy. that they failed it's insane it's nuts to me it actually makes no sense please fuck yourself if that is what you think um so brett a little context google stadia announced made an announcement last week at the time of filming this um That'll still be last week by the time this video goes up, essentially. Um, in a massive announcement, okay, this all comes from Game Rant, um, and honestly just stuff that we saw passively on Twitter, but Google, the company, Google, revealed that it is now closing its internal Stadia development studios, okay? So this means that Google will no longer develop its own games for Stadia, and instead will focus on licensing its cloud-based gaming technology to third-party developers, okay? So... Google Stadia is essentially going away in a sense, right? Like they're done with like their actual Stadia stuff, but they want to license out their cloud gaming technology that they built to other studios and possibly still publish um, third-party games using their cloud-based software. So real quick, I just want to mention that like this cloud-based gaming thing, like licensing it out is fairly common actually on the Switch. Uh, there's a lot of yeah. games that have come out on the Switch that are just streaming only. I know, I think mm -hmm. Resident Evil 7, or a Resident Evil game, I don't remember which one, um, came out on the Switch and it was like streaming only. Uh, and a lot of it is, it's weird, but a lot of these streaming game cases are in Japan for the Switch. Um, like it'll be an exclusive thing for Japan only. 
Um, so I could see this kind of becoming a big thing actually for um, consoles that can't handle bigger games like the Switch. Uh, so hopefully Google kind of jumps on that and partners with Nintendo and or partners with you know any kind of game development company, whether it's an Ubisoft or an EA, and uh, you know ports some of those big games over. Yeah, I don't know. Um... And with that, they so Google, um, according to GameRant, Google um, still firmly believes that quote unquote having games stream to any screen is the future. And I don't think that you and I necessarily disagree with that statement. Um, like you just said, I think there's a big market for that, and I think yeah. that's important technology. I think for me, and more so, what our argument in the past was is that Google is entering a space that's already saturated and oversaturated in a market that they have honestly no right being in, right? They failed at it, and we know why they failed at it. It's because they're corporate, disgusting fucking overlords, right, that tried to shove art creation into that. You saw it. That's why it failed. Nobody cared. It's not convenient, and you already have people in the space that are established that are already doing it and doing it better or working on doing it better, i.e. Sony, Microsoft, or even fucking Steam. Yeah. Or, and then you have that GeForce Now thing, which is also huge, from NVIDIA, yeah. right? One of the, the world's largest manufacturers and retailer of fucking graphics cards. So yeah. we talked about that before and yeah. that they were going to fail. Also, right? just, And that's why they were going to fail. Yeah, and just another part of that is, you know, streaming is the future, whether it's on, you know, having game streaming to any screen being the future, whatever. I think game streaming in general is the future, but I don't think that, we're ready for that future yet. It's called the future for a reason. It's far away. And I don't think that, you know, the internet infrastructure in a lot of places is not ready for streaming video games flawlessly. Yeah. Including the United States. Including the United Including States. Including a lot of the United States. Most of the United States is not capable of yeah. streaming games. So. Right. Um, and oh, I just lost my train of thought. Well, I have something else I could say. I think that yeah. it really sucks that a lot of developers and, you know, all these people are losing their jobs over this. Uh, mm -hmm. It really does suck. You never want to see people lose their job. And while we were, you know, shitting on Google Stadia saying it was an awful idea, we didn't wish anyone would lose their job or uh, wish death upon anyone, obviously. Um, we were just mm -hmm. stating that, you know, it didn't, it didn't make sense. And, you know, when you have this big corporation that doesn't focus on video games, get into the video game space, it seems like it's a money grab and you don't think anything good will come of it. Uh, I think yeah. that this position they're putting themselves in where they're going to be licensing their software and their technology, uh, you know, for other companies to use. I think this is a better position for Google and Stadia. And mm -hmm. I think that this is kind of where they should have been the whole time. You know, just because you develop this technology for streaming games doesn't mean you need to, like, go and jump in all the way and say, we're going to make our own games. We're going to have our own, you know, software where you, you can, you know, buy your games on Stadia. Like, nobody wants to do that. You know, we, we, there's, like you said, saturated market, oversaturated market. Um, I think that this is actually like a good, a good space for them to be in. Make your money, you know, let people use your technology to bring your game, their games over to other platforms and you call it a day. I think that this is a win-win, but a lose for the people that lost their job, unfortunately. Yeah. And, you know, they hired Jade Raymond to head their, you know, their first party uh, game development, right? S somebody who was the executive producer on stuff like Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed 2 specifically, Watch Dogs, like all that stuff. And Jade Raymond founded a studio at EA 
motive or something like that before leaving EA to come to Google. I think it's motive. I might be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Um, but like, and it just goes to show you, similar to the Amazon um, story that we talked about last week, you can hire whoever the fuck you want, right? Yeah. You don't listen to them. And if you try to force them into some kind of corporate structure, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You can hire as many talented people as you want, as many big name acquisitions that you want. But at the end of the day, if you don't let them just do their thing, right, and you try to force them into some kind of cookie cutter structure, it's going to fail. And we've seen it time and time again. That's why Stadia failed. That's why um, Amazon Game Studios is going to fail. And all of these companies, these media companies, right, they see how profitable video games are, which is a huge, huge industry, obviously. So they're like, okay, we need to develop our own games because we can make a shit ton of money of it, off of it. And like, yeah, that's true. But also, if you don't fundamentally understand game development or you, again, try to force it into some kind of corporate structure, it's not going to work. Yeah, I agree. And it's interesting because we're literally seeing Amazon follow the exact steps that Google followed. Um, right. You know, their lumberyard bullshit that they had people developing games in didn't work. Um, now they have the Amazon Luna, which is Stadia, essentially. Um, the thing is, though, not unfortunately. Well, unfortunately, because people, again, are going to lose their jobs. But um, there's no cool, like, technology aspect, I think, that Amazon could still offer after they uh, inevitably, inevitably die with this whole thing. At least Stadia got something cool out of it that, you know, will still benefit the games industry as a whole. Uh, I don't think Amazon has anything that they can offer after they inevitably die. So, yeah, I agree. And Stadia, just last point, Stadia launched in November 2019, Brett. It's less than two years later, and that's it. It went the way of the Ouya, so. Josh. Sad. Sad. All right, let's move on. Um, you know, the next topic, we're going to be talking about Mass Effect Legendary Edition. And apparently, they'll be dialing down the butt shots, Josh, the butt shots. I don't understand. What does that mean? All right, so let me explain. So Polygon did this article, uh, and they said, Bioware announced the release date and new details for the much-anticipated Mass Effect Legendary Edition this week. The biggest updates in the remaster to the series are cosmetic, obviously. They're going to be making this game look great. Uh, or these yeah. games look great, I should say. But the remaster... Emphasis on but. Uh, the remaster will also alter camera cuts that focus on characters' butts. So in an interview with Metro UK, Mass Effect Legendary Edition project director Mac Walters said that Bioware reconsidered how they portrayed characters like Miranda in the remaster. And I think it's worth noting, Josh, I've never played Mass Effect, any of them. So... I don't know what the fuck's going on here, but I'm going to explain it to you. I think you've played them, so. I played two a little bit, but that's okay. about it. Uh, I'm excited for the remaster, though, or the legendary, whatever. Okay, well, this actually, this specific incident is Mass Effect 2 that we're going to be talking about. Okay. So you might know what I'm talking about here. So, um, Mac Walters, the project director for the new Legendary Edition, said, uh, character and environment director Kevin Meek actually called out some camera cuts that were just, why was that focusing on Miranda's butt? So in some cases we said, okay, we can make a change there. Walters indicated that there weren't changes to specific character models, but instead updates to where cameras were angled. 
So this is important, Josh, because it means that they're not making the butt smaller on any of the character models. They're just not focusing on them in certain scenes. Okay. Okay. So perhaps the most well-known instance of Mass Effect's questionable camera angles is a scene from Mass Effect 2 where she's talking to Commander Shepard about rescuing her family, uh, she being Miranda. Um, and instead of focusing on either of the characters' faces, the camera focuses primarily on Miranda's ass. Mm. So she's like talking. You see this picture. So she's like talking and she's, you know, uh, talking about her family needing to be rescued and the camera is just on her butt. So, oh, yes, it is. Yes. So why is this a big deal? People are pissed. Okay. People are very, very, very upset that this is happening and that they're changing the camera angles. Um, Damn, she's kind of thick, dude. She is kind of thick. So what are your thoughts on this, Josh? Um, you know, people are mad. What do you think? Do you care? It's, I mean, it's, listen, it's but I don't I need to know. I um I'm not a Mass Effect fan. Um I never really played them. Um that being said, again, I am excited to play the legendary collection and experience all of them because they are they are now games that are up my alley, um, being like, you know, sci fi RPGs. Yep. Um, which back in the day, you know, when I was younger and these games came out, um I, I couldn't I didn't have the attention span for an RPG like that. Um Listen, man, I think there is an argument that could be made for as far as like as and as bismal as this is going to sound, because we're literally talking about a camera being placed on a character's ass. Um, I think there's a game preservation argument to be made there, um, as in don't alter that uh, unless you're like remaking the game completely. Um, maybe don't alter that. Um you know, and leave it as is, and who really cares? You know, if it, even if it's a serious scene, it was there in the original, so leave it. Um, and I know fans of the Mass Effect series uh, are probably going to be very upset about that, um, at least people that are, you know, into the RPG butt stuff, um, which, hey, man, that's totally fine. Uh, I also see the argument to be made of being like, hey, that's really fucking stupid. Why would the camera be placed there other than to, like, just appeal to... Um, you know, people who like women's butts that are playing the game. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't, I guess maybe it probably goes back to the game industry back in the day, even though it's still an issue of like being a little, uh, you know, or misogyny being kind of rampant or like appealing to that base of players, right. Of yeah. over sexualized characters and stuff like that. Um, which I, I don't know anything about the original games development. I don't know who directed it, anything like that. I don't know anything about it um so i could see all of those arguments being made um i don't land on one side of the fence or the other yeah but yeah i'm with you i, I don't land on one side of the fence or the other uh, i don't lean on either side more and more i can defend aspects of both points though of both sides um mm -hmm. so number one just it's worth noting that you know mass effect one and two you could only play as uh commander shepherd and then in mass effect three they added fem shep which was the female version of shepherd that you could play as um and i'm pretty which sure now you can play any of them yes you can, they're adding that element to all of them so you can create one character that's whatever gender you want um including they added more races and stuff like that through the entire collection exactly and that was my point is that you know they've gone back and they've fixed this like thing where you know, people wanted to be represented more and they wanted, you know, 
they wanted to be a female in the game, you could be a female. You wanted to be a male in the game, you could be a male. And they've already kind of taken a step to, you know, help people there. And they've made it so you could do that in Mass Effect 1 and 2, where it originally wasn't a thing you could do. So that's great. You know, that's a step in the right direction. Uh, it makes sense. The butt thing, the camera angle thing, I should say, because it's not really a butt issue. It's a camera angle thing. I think it does kind of, it does matter. And I think for game preservation sake, yeah, it definitely matters. Um, and the thing that makes me think that is, you know, doesn't the game have like this like relationship system where like you can bang everybody and, you know. Yeah, it's an RPG. Yeah, yeah so of course. you can have sex with every character and you can build a relationship with these characters. So like, you know, in, oh God, I have to say the game again, but in the game that we will not talk about, there's a character named Pan Am. And, you know, in certain cutscenes, if they like, you know, if there was like a flirty atmosphere going around and, you know, they zoomed it like they had Pan Am's butt in the corner, I'd be like, nice, like they're doing it on purpose. But in this case, it sounds like in Mass Effect 2, you know, Miranda's talking about something very serious and, you know, it's showing her butt. Why is the camera on? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if it makes sense to change it, like in that specific instance where she's talking about something very serious or family, you know, yeah, don't show her butt. But if like the characters are flirting and like it makes sense to have the butt there, like yeah, keep the butt there. Who cares? Like, um, yeah, that's how, that's how I feel. I, I I could be on both sides here. Um, I'm not mad about it, and I'm not gonna not buy the game because of it. Uh, that's a really dumb thing to do. Um, yeah. So, I think it makes sense. Um, this kind of reminds me of like the Overwatch thing, where uh, Tracer's butt was like in that one pose and her butt was there and they like, all they did was like turn the camera around. So instead of it being default, her butt in your face, they turned her around. Um, but if you just rotated the character model, you could still see it. So it just reminds me of that, uh, abysmality. Um, so yeah. Let people be into butt stuff. Yeah. Mass Effect Legendary Edition uh, <laughs> arrives May 14th. Uh, it's going to be available on PS4, PC, Xbox One, and you can play it on your PS5s and your Series S and Xs uh, via backwards compatibility. So there's that. I'm excited. I am going to have sex with everyone. So Me too, especially the aliens. Absolutely. Give me tentacle stuff. That's right. Tentacle butt stuff. There you go. There you go. So, Brett... Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 will not be released in 2021. This comes of way of a Polygon article covering um, an internal earnings call held last week um, for Activision Blizzard, um, in which they said that neither game is expected to be released in 2021, and no release window was given during that owning, owning, owner er, earnings call. Wow, Zips out. I could not speak. Um, so if you're a Blizzard fan hoping to hear about Overwatch 2 or Diablo 4 release dates at the upcoming Blizz, BlizzCon, BlizzCon line, BlizzCon line 2021. Bad name. Um, yeah, take those expectations and throw them in the garbage and light them on fire because uh, this ain't going to happen. So I have a couple issues with this, Brett, obviously. I know, yeah. But, but let me give you a little background as far as dates go. Okay. Okay. And then let's let's fire away. Okay. Um, Overwatch 2 was announced. Actually, let me start here. Overwatch 
was originally released in May 2016. Wow. Okay, so almost five years ago. Diablo 3 was originally released in 2012. Wow. Nine years ago. Overwatch 2 was announced November 2019, so about a year and a half ago. A little less than that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why do studios continue to announce games so early when they're not going to be released for, I don't know, 87 years? Don't do it. They do it to spite Why? you. They do it to spite you. This was one of my biggest pet peeves with the gaming industry, and specifically thinking, too, back to that game that shall not be named. Just, just shut the fuck up. Just shut up and go make the game. When you're actually confident that the game is going to release, right? Just then announce it. Then tell us. Yeah. Until then, keep your fucking mouth shut. And I know they probably do it for investors and things like that to generate hype, to get revenue off of pre-orders if they're doing it, all that stuff. That's not good. But I just hate it. Nah. I truly do. No, because Fallout... I truly, truly hate Fallout it. Fallout 4 did it. And uh, remember, it was like, it's coming out in a couple of months. And everyone was like, holy shit, right? So mm -hmm. if they can do it, and they made so much money off of that game. Um, mm -hmm. And they marketed the fuck out of that game as well in that short yeah. time, you know? So it's it's a bullshit excuse if the reason is, you know, they're investors and marketing and, and all that. But yeah, so hearing that Overwatch was released in, in May of 2016, I mean, I knew that, but like just hearing that, I'm like, wow, that this game's been around for a long time. And like, I know it's kind of fallen off your and I, you're not me, our radar. Um, we played it a lot. And then all of a sudden, you know, we just kind of yeah. fell off. Um, mm -hmm. I just think that, you know, it's, it, it has been quite a while. This is almost like a TF2 situation where like, you're just like, are they ever going to make another one of these? Or am I just going to be playing this one game for a long, long time? Right. Um, and it kind of doesn't need a sequel, right? Like, cause they've released characters and they're still doing events and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, I mean, listen, is the game getting stale? Yeah. But, um, mm -hmm. Overwatch two was supposed to have like this co-op campaign type of thing you could do. Um, it just seemed like it was going to be like almost like an Overwatch 2.0, right? Not so much mm -hmm. of just like a sequel. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been a while and, you know, people want it and I want it and I've been waiting for it. The Diablo thing, you know, 2012, that is a fucking long time ago, right? Like that was like, I was yeah. in my senior year of high school, right? I've graduated college. Mm -hmm. I am now working a full-time job, um, so it's it's been quite a while since we've seen Diablo 3 release, but they've also released like that mobile game or, or where are they going to? I don't know, but whatever happened, they kind of focused like development on that. Um, mm -hmm. So and also the Diablo games, they've always been kind of like several years apart, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, um, they don't always do like very close releases to each other. So I know you have in our notes here Diablo 2 remaster. Yeah, there's rumors that they are working on a Diablo 2 remaster um, to hopefully tide fans over um, until Diablo 4 is released. I've heard that, and I've heard we actually talked about that on our last episode. Yeah, and Vic Vicarious Visions could likely be doing that. Yeah, um, and that could come out this year to kind of hold everybody yeah. over. 
which is cool. I just, two points, right? Again, just shut the fuck up about your games. And when you're actually ready to release them, right? And you're like, okay, we are in the final absolute stages of development. Like the game's about to go gold, then fucking announce it. Okay. But also these are two of Blizzard Activision's largest franchises. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing, dude? Activision's giving them a Why lot you of time. Waiting? Why are you waiting so long? From like a, like a, if I'm thinking of like their corporate mindset, which let's be honest, we know. Um, what are you doing? Yeah. Waiting so long. Like, if I was an executive at Activision Blizzard, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? Why is it nine years since we released one of our flagship franchises, a main installment of it? Why is it like five years since we've released this huge fucking like arguably one of our biggest money makers besides call of duty what's what's happening it's got to be why the micro where's the game have to be holding them over like as long as they can show them that they're making money off the original version still uh and not just like we're making money like we're making a lot of money still um i think that'll hold them over because that's all they care about right so I think that kind of factors into it, but you're right. If I was an exec, I'd be like, you know, we have a Call of Duty coming out every year. What the fuck is going on over here? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I'm, you know, a little biased in the sense that we played the shit out of Overwatch um, for most of its life cycle. I would say really only in the past year we've fallen off. Yeah. Um, I want, I want another one. I want more. I need it. Yeah. As fans, it's like, let's just, let's go. <laughs> Come on. We've been yeah. waiting. Um, but also, don't tickle my penis by, you know, a year and a half ago saying, oh, Overwatch 2 is coming, and then you go away and never talk about it again. Yeah. I'm watching you, Jeff. That's his name, right? Jeff. The Overwatch uh, team? The he Yeah. I forget his last name. Yeah. That's yeah. how much I'm I've watching fallen you, off. Jeff. Yeah. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you. I'm. What's going on, Jeff? Don't make me call you, dude. Hey, guys. Jeff don't from the Overwatch team here. I just want... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway. All right. All right. So, Josh. So, Brett. It is that time again for Haptic Intel's top 50 games of all time, a segment in which you and I both go through our lists of our top 50 favorite video games. Not necessarily the best, but our favorites. Uh, you know, last week we did the original, the, the, the honorable mentions and uh, 50 to 41. Correct? Yes, sir. Now we are going to be doing 40 to 31. Yes, sir. And I think there's no better way to do this, Josh, than to just jump right in. Okay. So why don't you go first? What's your number 40? My number 40, Brett. The Stanley Parable. Oh, okay. The Stanley Parable. Um, I think you've played this. I, I don't know if you've beaten it. Um, I've beaten it multiple times yep. uh, because it lends itself to multiple playthroughs. It's not that long, um, but it is uh, a super interesting game. Um, you know, for those of you that don't know, you you go through it. You're in like an you're like an office worker kind of um, at least that's what's insinuated you go through it um, as you begin exploring there's a narrator um happening and he is narrating what you're supposed to do and if you don't do that or you veer away from it the narration changes based off of what you do mm -hmm. um 
and he can get angry if you don't listen to him. There's a, a larger thing going on. I would compare the reveal of this game, like the, the final ending to this game, and what happens, almost similar to like a Portal 2 type of situation, or a Portal situation where it's like, okay, there's a larger thing going on here, but the game's not going to really give you all the details, and you're just going to kind of be like left with what the fuck at the end. Yeah. Um, so... I love this game. It's always stuck with me um, from a design standpoint. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I love it. It's a very smart game and a very unique way to tell a story as well with the narrator. and all that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why I pegged the 40, 40th spot. Top number 40 on my list. <laughs> all right. Number 40 for me is an Ubisoft game. It is Rayman Legends. Okay. So Rayman Legends is a platformer. <clears throat> it released not too long ago. Uh, PS4 and Xbox One, I believe. It might have also been on the previous gen systems. Um, mm -hmm. But this game, I picked up, got it on sale really cheap. You know, that's how a lot of these games became my favorites because I didn't have a lot of money growing up as a kid. So, like, I would buy this game for cheap and I would play it and I'd fall in love. Um, it's just like a masterclass in platforming. And mm -hmm. the boss levels are just so awesome and so well designed it, i can't even like explain like i actually at one point like made you play it and i was like you have to play this boss level because mm -hmm. it is just so fucking phenomenal and it's just these musical segments where like it combines the platforming with like these songs and everything is timed specifically so you'll like hit an enemy and it'll like make the sound of the song like it's like incredible it's 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 incredible um the thing that will kind of drive down this game for me is the trophy list on PlayStation. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> and achievements. I knew it was coming. Um, but it he is so salty about this, I, folks. I'm very salty about it. And I don't I don't want to get too far into it. But essentially, like, there's this thing in the game called your awesomeness level. Um, and throughout the whole game, I, like, I played the shit out of this game and I, like, 100%ed it. Like, I, if I miss something, I restarted the level and I, like, went back, right? The boss levels, like, I went through and I, like, 100%ed everything. Um, it even got to a point where like you can co-op in this game, which the co-op's pretty good too, actually. Mm. And I would like make you, I think it was you or a couple of our other friends when we were over Steven's house one time, I made you do a level with me because it was too hard and I needed help and like I needed the co-op thing. So like I fucking played the shit out of this game and I was like, I'm going to 100% it. I'm going to get the platinum trophy. It's going to be great. So I literally 100% of the game. And I didn't get the platinum trophy because there's this thing called awesomeness level that requires you to play the game after you 100% it. And you have to play online in these like leaderboard level things. And you have to play these like daily and weekly missions. And it's fucking awful. They suck. There's fucking people that hack and like take the top spot on the leaderboards and they, they claim the, the most expensive prize. They give you the most points. To platinum this game would require literally months of me doing this grind and i don't want to do that so the game's a master class in platforming it's awesome do not play the online and do not expect to get the platinum trophy uh because you won't so there's that all right my number 39 brett a game i played at the height of the pandemic oh recent yeah more recent um a game that i love and cherish that blew my mind at every step of the way. That is The Forest. Oh. The Forest. That's not what I thought you were going to say. No. The Forest. Um, 
I started playing this game shortly after the pandemic started um, with our friend Sean, um, and you played a little bit with us. Um, but I had it for a while, and he was like, hey, we should play this. I've heard awesome things about it. Uh, and I thought it was kind of just like a base building type of resource management game, which it is in part. Um, but we started playing like pretty much every night when he got done work at like midnight. <laughs> um, and I was still working too, but like I literally rolled out of bed in the morning like as soon as I had to start work. So I didn't really care if I stayed up until like, I don't know, two or three in the morning. It was like, whatever. I don't care. I'm where I'm like literally going nowhere anyway. We're on lockdown. So whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we played for like two or three hours every night and it started as just a base building thing and us trying to keep out these mutants. Um, and then eventually bigger mutants and these huge fucking creatures start coming and breaking down your base and the story of it is you like crash land on this island, right? Um, and you lose your son. And the whole game is there's like this background of you trying to find your son. And you go around, you find like little collectibles that point to like a larger thing going on. You keep fending off these attacks from mutants and monsters and stuff like that. And it's fun. It's absolutely nuts. But there's like a full fledged insane narrative going on. And. Like, Sean and I really didn't look up anything about it at first, so we were just kind of naturally uncovering these, like, notes and these pieces and these items and these all this stuff and exploring. And, you know, as you get more materials and you get better items and you upgrade stuff, you can kind of expand your area that you can go out and explore and search safely. Um, and then eventually, man, you uncover this whole fucking huge thing and i don't want to spoil it because i want you to play it at some point in your life and i don't want to play it with you my man it blew my fucking mind i mean i i literally couldn't believe this and like when sean and i uncovered the ending to this game and started playing through it i mean we sat there for five hours straight to play through the ending of this game and our mind's fucking blown i my mind has never been more blown by a video game in my entire life than me uncovering the actual narrative and story of the forest uh it's fucking nuts wow. it's like if lost was actually good um it's fucking crazy and there's a sequel coming as well yeah sons of the forest is coming out this year uh so i'm excited for that but uh yeah the forest uh incredible fucking game so. wow high praise i did not know that yeah all right so coming in at number 39 on my list is a nintendo ds game that i played a lot as like a kid and a teenager and that is warioware touched Oh, WarioWare showed up in your last game. Got it. <laughs> That's right. So the WarioWare <laughs> franchise has always been like really special to me because I I like that quick, fast paced mini game style gameplay. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think that this version specifically is my favorite. It's the only one on my list. Um, I just I don't know. There's something about it. Like it's kind of crude. It's like kind of uh, silly. Like it's got that like weird Japanese humor to it a little bit. Um. And specifically the touched version, you know, with the DS, there's so many things that you could take advantage of with a WarioWare mm -hmm. game. So you have the stylus and the touch screen. There's a microphone you could blow into. There's a accelerometer. There's two screens, right? So there's all these little gimmicky things that you could do with a WarioWare that they took full advantage of with the DS. And I just think that it, it's awesome. It's just such a fun game. This is another one that I 100%ed actually. Um, but I did it when I was a kid. So like that's kind of impressive, actually. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just think that this one's great. There's there's a lot of things you could do in this game. Um, you know, it's just fun. And uh, WarioWare smooth moves on the Wii was, you know, 
that one was kind of up there with me too because with the motion controls there were so many things you could do with that as well um the way you hold the Wiimote but I think that truly WarioWare touched is like in my opinion like the best WarioWare game just because of how they you know made use of all the different functions of the DS now I think that we're missing WarioWare like where are you Wario please come back please make the switch yeah yeah on. like where were you on this on the Wii U like they had a there was like a one game on the Wii U that Wario that was like a Wario game but it wasn't Wario where it wasn't the mini games thing we actually played it a few times if you remember um they had that sketch game mode where you had to like draw like Pictionary almost um but like Wii U wow what you know you could have done a lot on the with the gamepad and all that um the switch you know there's so many things you could do with the accelerometers and the joy cons with the hd rumble uh, i almost feel like that game one two switch would have been a better WarioWare game um mm. but i digress WarioWare touch is my number 39 and it's fucking awesome so there's all right my number 38 brett red dead redemption no surprise that this made my list a Rockstar game. Yep. Um, a lot of Rockstar star games on my list already. More to come, believe me. Yep. Um, Red Dead Redemption. Who we? Uh, the first Rockstar game I ever 100%ed, uh, the campaign story. Um, played the fuck out of this game on 360. Um, I loved it. I'm a huge fan of Westerns. Uh, this kind of met me at a really good time, too, because I was just starting to get into, like, the Western type of movie stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went over a friend's house uh, and I saw them playing this game um, after it came out. And I was like, oh, this looks awesome. Picked it up, played the fuck out of it, man. Um, the narrative is so is so good. It is. Um, it, it really is probably Rockstar's strongest narrative, um, in my opinion. Um, and just the Western aspect of it. And, you know, it doesn't do anything crazy. Um, but at the time, I think the whole Deadeye system um, was uh, very good um, and revolutionary in a sense. You've seen that a lot since then, yep. um, including in Rockstar games themselves. That's right. Um, in different methods. So, yeah, man, I uh, I love that game. And then the very end of that game, too, um, is really, 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 really there's, fucking good. There's man. a little twist that they do, and it is very good yeah um and it's an it's an awesome twist and it comes at a good time because it's a rockstar game so it's super long um and by the time you get to the end of it you like you feel and because of your character too you feel like you're done like you're just exhausted um and then something happens and you're like oh shit um, yeah and it kind of reinvigorates you so yeah i love that game absolutely all right number 38 now i could have chosen a lot of this is a huge franchise. I could have chosen many installments. I chose this one specifically mainly because of the content that was on disc. Okay. Josh, my number 38 is Rock Band 2. Ooh. Now, Ooh. you know, you and I had a lot of, Ooh. not even just you and I, our whole friend group at the time, you know, had a lot of fun mm -hmm. with Rock Band 2. Rock Band Absolutely, 3. brother. You know, all of them. But I think that Rock yeah. Band 2 just offered the best on disc set list out of all of the rock band games that we played mm -hmm. um so i kind of put rock band 2 on there as a representation of all of the rock band games and all the times that we played them together um you know listen guitar hero was a hit and then rock band took that and they were like we're gonna you know let the whole family the whole group of friends join in at the same time 
and you don't have to know how to use this controller. You know, you could sing. You don't know how to, you know, you don't have to do that. You could drum. There were so many different things you could do. Um, I just think, you know, this, this entry represents like a lot of good times I had with my friends. And um, I still have, I have Rock Band 4 on my Xbox and I play it every once in a while. I have the guitar. Um, the instruments have got, gotten extremely expensive, uh, especially ones mm -hmm. that are compatible with Rock Band 4. Um, so, yeah, I just like, holy shit, man. What a, what a, what a franchise, what a game, what a soundtrack on this game alone. Um, yeah. A lot of the music I listened to was shaped by Rock Band 2. Uh, a lot of my favorite mm -hmm. songs are on Rock Band 2's soundtrack. So that's mm -hmm. it. Number 38. Great addition. And you're right. There are a lot of fond memories of playing that game. Um, and just fond memories of us and our friends together with that game. That's right. So. That's right. All right. My 37, Brett. The original Halo. Halo Combat Evolved. Cue so the, Halo 1. Cue the theme song, dude. Yeah, and that's all we can play of it because of copyright. Um, this is a game, one of the few games um, that have met me at many different stages of my life um, and meant different things to me in the different stages of my life in which I have played them. When it originally launched on the original Xbox, there was a huge um, stigma around that younger people could not play this game because of how violent it was, right? The shooting and stuff like that. Yep. It is the first modern example as a kid that I could remember that was a shooter. That was like a, a like a true first shooter. person. First, per, uh, right, specifically FPS. When I was a kid, I'm sure there was other iterations of it. I know it's not the first one, but it was the first time, my first exposure um, to a shooter to an FPS specifically. Um, so there's a huge stigma around this game. My mom wouldn't let me have it. Um, I would, uh, I was in karate as a kid when we were younger. Um, and we had like this Xbox in the back um, and Halo was there. So I would sneak away, um, you know, when other stuff was going on to go play Halo in the back instead of doing, I don't know, participating in class like I was supposed to or whatever, um, to play Halo with like some of the older kids. Um, and then eventually I got my hands on it and my mom let me play it. Um, and I actually played co-op a little bit with my mom um, when I was younger, which was fun. Um, and then, you know, years went by again. And fast forward to like middle school, um, we had computer class in middle school. Halo was on the PC. Instead of paying attention to class, we would all fucking play Halo. Like we would start a new campaign because <clears throat> um, we couldn't save, um, obviously. And we would play Halo uh, while the teacher was teaching. Um, and then, yeah. And then fast forward again to the Master Chief Collection um, and playing through co-op on it with um, our friends Steven and Sean um, on Legendary and just basically, you know, driving my face into a wall with Legendary of that game um, and it being broken because of the Master Chief Collection and being funny. Um, so, yeah, uh, very important to a lot of different, you know, parts of my life. Uh, love it. I think it's really funny you mentioned that your mom wouldn't let you play it because it was violent and your mom was the one that would go with us to midnight releases for call of duty games to like be our when, we, when we were older yeah right we weren't old enough she eventually to yeah she eventually um didn't care yeah. uh, at some point my mom was just like all right whatever uh and didn't care anymore but yeah it's also interesting to me how many games on your list are original xbox games because I kind yeah. of, I never realized that you were such an original Xbox like player 
I guess you yeah. you weren't much of a PlayStation Two player then, right? You were more of an Xbox right. guy. Yeah, yeah. Xbox was <clears throat> um, like my as far as like when I was younger, my big formative gaming experience. I did eventually have a PS Two. You know, I had a GameCube. Um, I had a PS One, um, and there will be some PS One games on here more that you will see. But Xbox was my formative foot in the door to like falling in love with games so okay all right let's move on number 37 now mm -hmm. this is another you know huge franchise i picked one specific game that's been on the list already a few times and that is sonic generations okay sonic generations is a blend of the 3d you know newer sonic games and the 2d classic sonic games um they do this thing where you know you can you can switch on the fly. You could play certain levels as classic Sonic or as modern Sonic. There's like just the the love and attention to detail in this is like out of this world. Like they do remixes to all the theme songs from all the original maps. They just sound awesome. And there it's really cool to see certain levels that were only 2D and they modeled it in 3D so that you could play, you know, both versions of it. So for example, um like a different example, City Escape, which was uh, from mm. Sonic Adventure yeah. 2, that's a 3D mm -hmm. level. And you you play like a remake of it when you're playing as 3D modern Sonic. But they remade the level in 2D so you could play it as 2D Sonic, right? Mm. Um, Chemical Plant Zone from Sonic 2. It's a 2D level. They completely remade it in 3D. And there's a 2D version that kind of mimics the original. And then there's the 3D version where it's like fucking, you know, full-on 3D Sonic. So if you're a fan of both of those you know, the old school and the new school Sonic, Sonic stuff, you're going to be a huge fan of Sonic Generations. It won me over. Um, and also it just does this thing where like, it's a very clean and modern looking game. So like when you're in the level select, everything is white, like you're in this white void. And as you complete levels, like color starts to be brought in to all the, to all the levels and all the art. Um, you're essentially like restoring the levels, if that makes sense. Um, mm hmm. Yeah, I just think that this game is like such a celebration of Sonic and like the good Sonic and not the bad. Um, mm -hmm. There's even levels <clears throat> from like shitty Sonic games and they like make them good. So um, yeah, Sonic Generations is my 37. That's that. Very cool. Yeah. My 36, Brett. Halo 2. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Halo 2. First of all, um, the first time I think I was consciously aware as a kid of what a video game narrative could be, um, that a video game even had a narrative, um, and a complex narrative and, uh, characters that you cared about, um, and interesting storytelling, um, and also just being sci-fi and awesome, but also my first experience playing online games, mm. um, and doing multiplayer games and getting frustrated with multiplayer games and kind of coming slightly involved with that ecosystem. Uh, and then also, again, like the original Halo, met me again later on in my life uh, with the Master Chief Collection and again playing it um, with Sean. I only played this one with Sean specifically. And the game is awesome. The game itself is awesome. But 343 fucks everything up. Um, and the Master Chief Collection was so broken. Um, and I think we've talked about it on the channel before. There were so many issues with Halo 2, man. 
um, abysmal checkpoints where yeah. you would literally spawn and die like in, immediately when you're playing on legendary you just spawn and get sniped and that would be it and you'd be dead um the desyncing of checkpoints glitch where you'd be playing with your friend and you'd literally be at two different points in the game at the same time so you wouldn't know what the fuck's going on um that is and sean and i did beat this game but we did more than beat the game we also beat all of the bugs and the brokenness of this game yep um i mean some some checkpoints single checkpoints in the game just getting from one checkpoint to be able to get another checkpoint took us days like we would sit down for eight hours be like all right that didn't work let's try it again another day um so both the original experience when i was younger with the game and then also the master chief collection abysmal experience um very very fond and abysmal memories of playing that game all right i just think that's so funny the checkpoint desync thing because i know sean and i know his reaction dude just like Why? dude <laughs> I wish I wish we were recording when we both realized what was happening because you would see, you, you know, we you're communicating, whatever, and be like, all right, we got all this stuff. Like, let's let's go here. Let's like move through, take them out. And at some point, Sean was like, why are you running into the wall, dude? And I was like, what do you mean? I'm not running into the wall. I'm fighting this tank over here. He's like, no, dude, you're running into the wall. And I'm like, no, dude. I'm like, why are you like flipping over and over and over again in a tank? What's happening? And he's like, what do you mean, dude? I'm in a banshee right now fighting people in the sky. And I'm like, what do you mean, dude? What do you mean you're doing that? Um, and when we realized we were at two different parts of the game and then looked it up and found out that it was an actual bug, dude, you, imagine Sean's voice and he's just like, dude, I got bad news for you. Such <laughs> <laughs> a Sean thing to say. Um, and we had to restart the level, which on Legendary is just... Yeah, I can't even imagine. Brutal all right moving on uh number 36 on my list is steins gate oh sheet for the playstation vita wow so this game's narrative is so fucking insane and i don't even want to get too much into it i just want to say like it's about time travel and it's this jrpg no not a jrpg it's a visual novel and it's actually one of the first games that were completely voiced in Japanese that I played and beat. Um, usually I, I prefer like a dub. But with this, like even though the characters were speaking in Japanese, like I still felt con like connected to them. Um, I just love this game and I love the different endings. I actually played through every single ending in this game. Uh, and then I watched the anime afterwards, which kind of chooses one of the endings as its main narrative. Um there's a sequel called Steins Gate Zero that I have not played yet and I have not watched yet either. I'm really excited to do so and I've been wanting to for a long time uh, simply because the, the first game is just so nuts. Um, it's about time travel. It's about, you know, is time travel real? Like at one point the characters don't even like they think that the one guy is just nuts and it's not it's not actually something that they could do. And there's like a microwave that somehow like lets them transport things through time. And there's people that like are going back in time and ending up halfway in a building and halfway out of a building. And they're just like stuck there. And it is fucking nuts. OK. Um, but I love it. And I think the way that they tell the story is great. I think all the characters are great. Um, and like I said, the endings, there's so many that are like optional, like you might get this ending, you might get that ending. And every one of them 
is like you can't miss it. Like you have to if you're going to play this game and I, I've told you this, Josh, if you're going to play Steins Gate on the Vita, you have to like save and like get your checkpoints right so that you can experience every ending and then reload your save and play the other ending because it's so worth mm -hmm. it. It's so worth it. Yeah. You just get something out of the relationship with that character because each ending is like a different character kind of ending. You're going to mm -hmm. miss out on stuff with that character if you don't. And uh, it just makes the whole experience better. So, yeah, Steins Gate is my number 36. I got to play it. Still yeah, on there. You do. I started it. But. All right. Halo. Oh, 35. My number 35 <laughs> uh, is Halo 3. Wow. Uh, I had to put them all back to back to back. Um, Halo 3. They're getting and better this one, as well. Yeah. And this one is strictly on my list because of the narrative. Um, now I played the multiplayer in this a lot on the 360 era. 360 era. Um, it actually might have been the first game I played online on my 360 once I got that stupid wireless dongle adapter thing. If you remember that, yep. that you had to like plug into the back of the the, the 360, the original one. Um, but this game narratively um, is still one of the best narratives in video games I've ever played. Um, every story point of it is a high point. Um, every character moment is insane um it's over the top it's huge um it's sci-fi at its best and that's why it's on this list again i played through it i played through this game several times in my life but most recently again on the master chief collection um with again sean and steven uh insane i, I mean this you talk about bungie kind of leaving mm -hmm. the franchise on a high note um halo 3 is Fires on all cylinders um, and is, again, another example of what video game storytelling can be. So, All right. I like that. That was a good write-up about yeah. that game. Very nice. Thanks. All right. My number 35 is another PlayStation Vita game, although you can find it on other platforms now. And it is Danganronpa Tribber, Tribber. Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc, the first one. Wow. So... This is a game you have you have played. I have, yes. This game's wacky, okay? This game is nuts. No. Mm -hmm. Essentially, it's a bunch of kids. They're all, you know, the greatest of a certain thing, and they all get taken to this school that is under control by this bear named Manokuma, and he's fucking insane, and these kids are essentially living inside this school, and then eventually someone will kill a student will kill another student and the game kind of goes from like just like a visual novel to like an investigative uh detective game where you have to go around and like find the clues uh and you got to like pay attention to certain things like you'll investigate a character that body of the character and like you'll have to look at their wrist and like see like if there's a bruise or something like you have to pay attention there could be hair left behind there could be anything um and certain characters will make note of little hints that you could like you know keep in mind but the fun part is like you you kind of like find something and you save that in the back of your mind for later and once you're done the investigative part you go into a amazing uh courtroom style gameplay thing where you accuse each other and there's high stakes if you don't find out who the killer was they get let free and everyone else dies however if you find the killer they will die and everyone else lives and this goes on and on and on until the last person is alive. Um, it's just such an incredible concept. 
there's so many of these games. There's like three of them. There's a spinoff. There's an anime series. Um, this franchise is, is is awesome. If you haven't played them, check it out. Uh, in Danganronpa, Trigger Happy Havoc, the first installment, is just fantastic. And this is not the last time I will be talking about it on my list. So That is a phenomenal game. Uh, and of note, almost made my honorable mentions. Um, but... Yeah, that's a that's an incredible game. Yeah, very good, very good addition. Thank you. My number thirty four, Brett, another Rockstar game. Ooh, uh, one that probably will not be a surprise to you, uh, and that is Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Good game. Uh, this game is a large part of my childhood, man. Yeah. Um, this game again had such a stigma around it the controversy, when we were younger. The controversy was insane when we were younger. It was nuts, dude. Yeah. It was fucking nuts. Um, and it was like this thing that like you sh- you couldn't really talk about, and you know kids can't play it, and it's so violent and sexual and bad, and it's gonna corrupt your children. Um, that was the narrative around it. And I remember uh, wanting this game so bad, and then one day I was like, Mom. Take me to GameStop. I want this game. And she was like, oh, I've heard about that. I've heard it's really bad. But that's fine. Let's go get it. This is after she she cared anymore. Dude, Mama had a huge fucking dick when we went to GameStop that day, my man. She fucking whipped it out and sucked off everybody in that store. Literally went in, and she was like, she was like, you have copies of Grand Theft Auto? And they were like, yeah, we do. But is it for him? You know, me, little, little me. And yeah. she was like... Yes, it is. And the dude in GameStop tried so hard to get my mom not to buy it. He's like, oh, it's terrible, X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. Which, by the way, what are you doing, dude? I've been that guy. Um, I have. We ha- They have to do that. Um, but no, this dude was going hard, like way more than he should have. Okay. Um, and my mom was like, I'm sorry. I didn't know you know what was good for my own son. Please give me the game or I'm going to go somewhere else and buy it. Um, nice. And I just remember so fond, like little me looking up at my mom being like, Thanks, mom. <laughs> um, and getting that game, and then obviously playing the shit out of it. Um, I don't. I honestly don't think I ever beat the story or got very far. Yeah. But just fucking around in that game, stealing shit, flying planes, stealing cars, shooting people, cheat codes. Yeah. Uh, going nuts, dude. Spawning just ridiculous fucking shit. Um, so much fun, uh, and fond memories of that game as a kid. Um. I absolutely love that game. It's not on my list because I never beat the campaign. As a matter of fact, I never even like got far in that story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that game was a lot of a big part of my childhood, like yours. And you know, just getting the jetpack and flying around and mm-hmm. flying cars, cheat and just flying yes. cars into the sky. Yeah, using cheat code CC, dude. I remember having the printed list of all the cheat codes, yep. my man. Yeah. I would go to the woods area and try to find um, Bigfoot. And there was like a rumored Bigfoot in the game. And there was like a cabin where like Leatherface would apparently be. And like mm-hmm. Christine, the Stephen King car would drive around the woods by itself and shit. So, mm-hmm. so many like little memes in that game. But I, I think that's a great addition. All right. Number 34, Josh, is a game that I think is on this list maybe twice. The franchise is on there a couple times. Dragon Ball Z Budokai 3. Uh, the Dragon Ball Z Budokai series is was a huge part of my childhood. When I was growing up, I had the first one. 
Um, then I got the second one, and I actually I have I still have all my copies of the game. Um, and the Budokai Two has a receipt from when I bought it from KB Toys. If you remember KB Toys, wow, yeah, um, wow, yeah. So a relic, yeah. So I was like really into the series, and I just think that Budokai Three was like the pinnacle of of Dragon Ball Z fighting games that were you know two D. Uh, not 2D, 3D, but it was side-scrolling. Like, it wasn't um, the open world flying around like Dragon Ball Z games are now. It was almost like Dragon Ball Fighters, where it was like Street Fighter, where it was just the two characters fighting. Um, gotcha. It, the cast of characters is just unbelievable in this game. Um, it got even more unbelievable later on, but I think the uniqueness of each character and how they play is very important to that. Because um, games like Budokai Tenkaichi 1 through 3, they had like holy shit rosters with like thousands of characters it feels like but each character didn't play unique whereas in this game there was a smaller roster of characters but each character like you know felt like their own their own um and the big thing about this one specifically was that it had dragon ball gt characters in it uh so you could play super saiyan 4 goku uh, omega shenron gogeta vegeta so um yeah this one this was like a huge part of my childhood i played the shit out of this game um, and all of the Budokai games, but, uh, this one specifically, uh, is just the best. So that's that. All right. My number 33, Brett, a game that I think might actually surprise you. Uh, not that it's on my list, but where it is on my list. Okay. Um, and how I know we're kind of getting more towards the middle, but how low it is on my list. Um, that is Persona 5. Ooh. Persona 5. I love this game. Um, I absolutely love this game. It is a great RPG. It's so stylish. It's so slick. Um, I love the characters. I love the design of it. I love it. I played the fuck out of this game when it came out. Um, literally, it's the only thing I've played for like a month. Um I put hundreds of hours into it. I'm playing through Royal right now, even though that's been shelved for a little bit. So Royal might eventually end up on this list. I think it's actually Royal is probably the better version of it, even with the added stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I love this game. I love Persona. Uh, it's my favorite game series. Um, JRPG is my favorite genre. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I can't say enough good things about this game um, and how awesome it is. Waited for it for a long time. Yeah. Um, was in modern history, it might be like one of the few games that I was like, everything, every little tidbit I could find out about it or watch or see, even if it was in Japanese, um, I would consume it. Uh, we did some videos uh, for the channel back in the day about news around it. Um, yeah, it is uh, a fucking slick game. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not higher on your list, but um, mm -hmm. it's not on my list at all simply because I never beat it, but when I do beat mm -hmm. that game eventually and I'm playing, I'm going to start Royale or Royal. Um, mm -hmm. That game, I think just based on what I've played, it, it's easily going to make my list when I eventually yeah. do update it. So, all right. Yep. Very nice. Uh, my number 33, Josh is a game that you and I play to this day. Uh, we still play it. It's apex legends. Yeah. Uh, apex legends is a battle Royale. It is, mm -hmm. you know, three V three. Or 3v3v3v3v3v3 uh, Battle Royale. Yeah. And I just think that the cast of characters they have is just so charming and so unique. The abilities of each character are, you know, 
it feels good to play as every character in the game pretty much. There might be one or two characters that I don't like playing as. Um, but I just think how many hours we put into this game is a testament to how good it is. And it's our battle royale of choice. Like there's so many battle royales that have come out and come and gone. This one's stuck around. And, you know, we've been playing it literally since day one. So, yep. Yeah, I really don't know what else to say. Apex Legends is just, it's great. And it's in the Titanfall universe, and Titanfall 2 was on my list earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's it. All right. My number 32, Brett. An original PlayStation game. PlayStation 1 game. What's that? Tomb Raider. Oh, wow. The original Tomb Raider. Um super fond memories of this game uh maybe one of the first i don't know if narrative is the right way to explain it um story puzzle based exploration adventure whatever base game that i think i probably ever beat um and played through and experienced uh this game is uh the first experience i had with actual puzzle solving elements in video games um and 3d type of exploration puzzle solving um now this game has a lot of fucking polygons obviously on the ps1 um but it's a really really solid game it's a solid experience um and i have fond memories of playing as laura um and also as a kid being scared of it because of like the tomb like the actual like tomb raiding aspect of it and the dungeon crawling almost type things um specifically there's a level with a bear um that took me like a really long time to get through as a kid because i was super scared of the bear and wanting to get around it without spooking it or whatever it is um but yeah i have really fond memories of that game played it a lot as a kid um and is probably the reason I enjoy puzzle solving as much as I do today, because um, I appreciate when it's done well uh, and incorporated well. So yeah, nice. All right, my number thirty-two is Overwatch, another game that mm-hmm. you and I have played a lot of together. It's another multiplayer mm-hmm. game. Um, I rank this higher than Apex Legends simply because I think that Overwatch is just like the complete package. I feel like with Apex mm-hmm. Legends, there's like something missing. And also there's like something about the way that they monetize their game that mm-hmm. I don't like. And I think that Apex just nailed it. And I think the loot box system in that game is perfect. If you're going to monetize your game. I mean, listen, it's a $60, $60 game. You mean, you, mean, you mean Overwatch? Yes. What did I say? Apex. Just to no, clarify. You mean you like you like Overwatch's yes. loot box system? Yeah. I like Overwatch's system because... It's just, although it's a $60 game and you have to pay for that and then there's microtransactions, you get so much content for free when they update the game. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like with Apex, it's like they squeeze every little fucking penny out of you with their, with their microtransactions, mm-hmm. right? So I just think that Overwatch is just, you know, better game than Apex and it's the complete package. It's got even better cast of characters. I think the art style is just awesome. Um, the abilities are even better than Apex in terms of like the characters. This mm-hmm. is like the hero shooter, right? It's the hero shooter. Um, and again, <laughs> how much we played it is a testament to like how good it is. Uh, yeah. And again, another one that I've been playing since like day one. So yeah. Yeah. Overwatch. The definitive, the definitive hero shooter. That's right. Um, I also think it's interesting where you placed 
um, Apex and Overwatch as far as being one after another. Mm-hmm. Um, something that might not be the last time it happens in the series that we're doing here. Oh, so. okay. All right, Brett. My last one for this week, number 31. For the original Xbox, another original Xbox game. Wow. That is Fusion Frenzy. Wow. Uh, you want to talk about awesome mini game games, dude? Fusion Frenzy is it, my man. Fusion Frenzy fucking slaps. That game is stylish. That game is slick. That game has awesome music. That game has so many fucking mini games. You won't even know how many. Like you could play that game several times and not play the same mini game. Um, that game is fucking nuts. I played the shit out of that game. That was the party game when I was a kid. Um, man, I just I have such fond memories of that game. Playing with my family, I'm um, more with my friends, um, and playing it a lot. Specifically, you know my. My parents, um, my mom specifically, had people over a lot. Um, you know, we would do like a lot of parties and like just get together with people. This game would always be on. We would always play it, uh, along with Outlaw Golf, by the way, which is something that we brought up last week. Yep. Um, but yeah, I love this game. It's one of the first games I actually played with backwards compatibility um, on the Xbox One um, when they announced it for backwards compatibility, um, and that it was on there. Um, I played it. It is. Um, doesn't hold up as well unfortunately now uh as far as like the visuals of it it's very hard to see stuff um but yeah i love that fucking game uh so many fond memories of it and it is uh the game of which i uphold all other mini game based games too to this day so, and if they ever wanted to do a remaster a remake a new fusion frenzy game i'm your man dude call me let's go let's make it so let's like do it. so like uh crash bash and like mario party all those games like this is like the definitive game for party games. Yes. For, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I tried yeah. it. I did try it on backwards compatibility. I think I tried with you cause they added online, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember not, not, not liking it, but like we were confused about some, I don't remember like the session of us playing did not go well. I don't remember why. Um, yeah, but very cool. It is a stylish game. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Number 31. The last one for this week, Josh. All right. Number 31 is Final Fantasy 15. Wow. So this is the first Final Fantasy game I ever played and beat. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is a game that I didn't know if I was going to enjoy or not, but I think the fact that it wasn't turn-based and it did have like the Kingdom Hearts style combat kind of like brought me into it. And I think it did Kingdom Hearts almost better than Kingdom Hearts. Um, I don't think Kingdom Hearts made my list at all, actually. And I grew up with those games, and I love those games. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts did not make my list. Um, I think just because it's so goofy. Mm-hmm. Pun intended. <laughs> um, but yeah, Final Fantasy Fifteen is just like a better version of Kingdom, more serious version of Kingdom Hearts. I think that the characters, like the cast of characters, I didn't think I was going to like them, and I fell in love with them. Um. I think that, you know, everyone always says, oh, you got to watch a movie to enjoy the, the narrative. Like, yeah, you do. Like, Kingsglaive is a great film, and I think it really mm-hmm. sets the story up. There's a moment in this game. There's Okay, listen, there's a lot of problems with this game that have been fixed since it came out. I didn't even really have mm-hmm. a lot of problems with it before they were fixed. Um, but there is something in this game that I'm, I'm going to spoil it. I'm going to say it now because I have to to explain why this game means so much to me. Um so if you don't want to hear spoilers, skip ahead. But 
when they do the time skip and Noctis is older and the world is just so fucked and you're with, you know, Noctis is with all of his boys and they're sitting around the campfire one last time and they basically know like this is it. Like Noctis is not coming back. He's going to, this is it. I literally sobbed like a fucking baby and cried my eyes out because just that feeling of like you're with your friends, like these are your boys. There's so much love there. It just, I literally like sobbed. Like I was like, holy shit. I did not expect this game to make me cry. Um, and you didn't even know what was going to happen, but like you knew that it could be the end. And like, just, it just made me cry. I sobbed like a fucking baby. And that final boss fight was so fucking epic. And the end, the end of the game when Noctis finally goes and the title screen changes and it's Noctis as the logo, like the artwork mm, of Noctis there. Mm, mm, oh, mm. dude, it's perfect. It's so good. It's so yeah. mwah, 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 good. Uh, yeah, Final Fantasy 15 is just, it's a special game. I, I know a lot of people, um, we covered this game a lot when we first started our channel and a lot of people watched our content for Final Fantasy 15. And uh, I just think from the moment I saw it, I was like, this game looks cool. And then I played it and I fell in love with it and it made me cry. And if a game makes me cry, I like it. So, okay. okay. All right. Good addition. Thanks. Very good addition. So, Brett, that is the end of this <clears throat> segment of Brett and Josh's top 50 games of all time. That was 40 to 31. Hopefully, you all enjoyed that. Um, you know, drop in the comments to let us know. We're going to continue doing this for a few weeks, all leading up to our Haptic Intel's best favorite top games of all time, including the best game of all time. Number one. Um, ranked and scored by us, which we'll get more into as we get closer. Um, so, yeah, keep tuning in the next couple weeks for you know, our favorite games of all time. That's right. Okay, Brett. So our final segment, as with every week, is Indie Intel. That's right. Um, today we're going to be talking about a game called Angerfoot, which I'll let you go into, um, and then I'm going to be playing it. So do okay. you want to talk about it, and then I'll have HBOT take us down, or do you want to... Let's let's go down first. Go down them. Okay. All right. HBOT, take us down to the theater. All right, Josh, so this is a game called Angerfoot, as you said before. It's actually a game jam game, and it only takes about five minutes to finish. Um, okay. A message from the developer says, Hello, Angerfoot fans. I am so excited to announce that Angerfoot has hit 12K downloads, far beyond our expectations. Needless to say, we are floored by everyone's enthusiasm. As such, we are pl uh, pleased to announce that we will be continuing to develop Angerfoot further, beginning with some much-needed performance fixes and quality-of-life features. We're also going to be creating more content in the coming month. To all fans who are eager to continue to follow our development team, or to follow our development, join our Discord. So, that's it. This is a game jam game that basically got so popular that they were like, fuck it. We're just going to, you know, make more. So, they're going to yeah. add to this. Um, and I love, just from the main menu alone, you got the shining rug. I was going to say, take a look at that rug, dude. Yeah. So... All right, shall we? Go ahead, jump in. Let's see. Look at that. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, oh. They live reference poster on the wall back there. Yeah. All right. 
Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, you just took him out. What is that? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. This is very, this is very much like Hotline Miami, but like first person. Door kicking action. Bah. Nice. Can you pick oh, items? Fuck. Uh. No. I think I can only kick. Cool. Yeah. The keyboard is so bye bye. clackety clackety. Oh, sorry. Bah. That's what you get for using a mechanical keyboard, I suppose. Such a simple game, but like. Bah! Oh fuck. Bah! Bah! Oh shit! Bah! 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 What do you think of the music? It's slick. It actually reminds me of Devil Man, kind of. So I think I'm supposed to. I'm like being timed, obviously, but uh, my, my time is gonna suck mad. Yo! That was it. That was a level. Alright. Alright. Not great, but... Oh, you killed all go. 16 goons. Bah! Ooh. Oh, shit! Bah! Alright, so this means there's gonna be other people with guns. So you're gonna have to, Ooh. uh... Look at those brains. Oh, bah. Nice. Bye-bye. Oh. oh, shit! Ooh. Is there a reload? No. I only get... I think I only get that many bullets. Wait, run over his Can gun. There might be more. Nah. No. Oh! Pick up his. There you go. Oh! So, it, go. just like Hotline Miami, I'm sure you could throw the gun as a projectile, too. Yeah. My hands are sweating right now. Oh, nice. Bye-bye. Yeah, I thought that toilet was somebody. Oh, shit! Nice. Right-click to throw. Right. Alright, there's a new one. Ah! I love how you're like breaching and clearing. Oh shit, dude. Ooh, baby. Ah! Ah, ah. Ooh, nice. Ooh. Ah. You're just unloading. Give me another gun. I don't want that one. That one? That works. Maniac cop. That's another movie reference. Ah! Oh, oh shit! I only have one bullet. Oh. No bullets, oh, no bullets. Oh, no. Hey, let me get out of here. Nice. Alright, my hands are sweating right now. You missed two goons, apparently. I missed what? Two enemies. What did that poster uh, say? Justin Bieber? What the fuck? Bye bye. Ah! I love the attention to aiming. It's great. Nice. Oh, Ooh, baby. Alright. Your new gun. Bop. Bop. I know I shouldn't be here. Bop. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, no. Nice. 
know there's somebody. Oh, ah, oh! You got him. My game just stuttered. Probably because I'm playing it in windowed mode. Alright. Bop! I know I probably shouldn't be adding my own sound effects, but it's a lot of fun. Shit. Bop! Bop! Nice, there's the exit. Hang on, I gotta go back and get more enemies. Well, there's another door there. Bop! Oh, wow. That's a closet. <laughs> Nice. There's gonna be people watching this that are so triggered to be like, stop adding your sound effects. <laughs> Alright, empty. Alright, let's get out of here. My hands are still profusely sweating. Nice. 19 out of 3, I missed more. Damn. Alright, level 3. Some nice artwork here. Bah! Oh shit. Bah! Nice. Oh no. Give me that one. Ooh. Bah! I like the lighting in this game. Nice. It's got like a hot one Miami and a uh, super hot kind of feel. Yeah, for sure. Ah! Oh! Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> it's actually a lot of fun. Oh, you just broke the door! In. Oh, shit! Nice. I need another gun. There we go. Hey, I couldn't. The, uh,. Shooting feels really good. I can tell. Oh baby, there we go. Bah! Bah! It's so fast paced. Dude, it is. It's fucking slick. Listen, you, this is a lot of fun. I got all the goons. How many levels are there? I think this is the last one. Oh shit! Oh shit! The door's open. Careful with these doors as soon as you kick them open. Nice, good throw. Oh, right there. Alright, this is getting this is getting hard. Oh! Good shot. I died immediately. Alright. Nice. Nice. There we go. Alright, I need another gun. Here we go. Alright, let's do this one since I already know what it looks like, kind of. There's more this way, I think. It could be the same room. I got it. Oh, I think man. that both right, doors I... lead to the same room. Oh. Fuck. This is harder than it looks. Take it slow, take it slow. Yeah. Oh, wait, did you kill him? Oh my god, dude. 
difficulty spike. Nice. Is that all of them? I think so. So I would recommend kicking the first door down, killing a bunch of dudes, then running to the other door. There you go. Is that all of them? Nice. Woo! Alright. Ah! Nice. Good shit. Alright, careful. Nice. Should probably be kicking those guys instead of shooting. That was just pure instinct there. Alright, no more bullets. had it. Oh, I shot him! Oh. So close. The aim. Oh. This is Here comes the super cut. Okay, you got this now. All right. When you go oh, there, there's another door here. Yeah. Oh. All right. Same strategy as last time. Bop, bop, bop. I literally, sh I'm shooting you. It's not working. You don't have a gun. Bop. Shit. There you go. Oh. Where's this other dude? Oh, this door. <laughs> That's literally nothing. This game takes five Where minutes to beat unless you're Brett or Josh, and then it'll take. Well, yeah, sorry, folks. Oh. Left. Alright, where's the other dude guy? Oh, there he is. Oh. Alright. Bop. And this is the last level, so like this bop. spiked like crazy. Bop. Bop. There's another go here. Bop. 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 Oh, I just fucking killed all of them. Bop. 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 Gonna be another big room. Come here, that full gun. Where's the full gun at? Is there no full gun? There we go. Ba! 
shit. Nice. Nice! Oh my! One more. Baby! This is spicy. Careful. Dude, I think there's another level. Is there? There's a phone ringing, Brett. Oh, this is the end. This is the end of the, of the game. My God, there's a million stairs. That's it. There you go. <laughs> you kick it to end it. You almost look 109 out of 115. That's not bad. Not bad, folks. Not bad. So yeah. that was slick. Yeah, go check that out, guys. Go go see uh, go see what it's all about. Try it for yourself. Let us know what you think, and uh, you know, hopefully we get more. Hopefully it's turned into a full fledged game after this. You know. Yeah, this is uh, really cool. We'll leave all the links in the description to download and check it out. That's very cool. very cool. All right. So Brett, that'll do it for this week. That will indeed do it. <laughs> Another one in the books. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. Um, we appreciate it. Make sure you share, you like, subscribe, ring the notification bell, do all the YouTube stuff. Um, like we said at the top of the show, we got more stuff coming. Another episode of Unclaimed Baggage on the way. Um, we also might be doing a live stream uh, series soon of a particular game, uh, which we won't discuss yet. Um, but that's in the works, so be on the lookout for that. You have anything else to add, Brett? Uh, <clears throat> that specific game that we'll be live streaming will probably probably be in honor of another game releasing, if that's a little bit of a teaser for you. Um, another game in the same franchise, I should say. Um, but yeah, wow. besides that, uh, yeah, just check out Unclaimed Baggage Episode 1 if you guys haven't seen it, and get ready for Episode 2, because it's going to be good, and Josh is going to feel the pain, so... That's it. Wow. And, uh, okay. Let's just say Brett might be joining the world of Mad Max. All right? Oh, okay. No. <laughs> All right. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Until the uh, next episode, see ya. See ya. Thank you for watching Hapticast. Please like and subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you do not miss an upload.